Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Hear these words by Howard Thurman. There is something in every one of you that waits, listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. You are the only you that has ever lived. Your idiom is the only idiom of its kind in all of existence. And if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. There is in you something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. And sometimes there is so much traffic going on in your minds, so many different kinds of signals So many vast impulses floating through your organism that go back thousands of generations long before you were even a thought in the mind of creation. And you are buffeted by these. And in the midst of all this, you've got to find out what your name is. Who are you? How does the sound of the genuine come through to you? The sound of the genuine is flowing through you. Don't be deceived and thrown off by all the noises that are a part even of your dreams, your ambitions, so that you don't hear the sound of the genuine in you, because that is the only true guide that you will ever have. Now, if I hear the sound of the genuine in me, and if you hear the sound of the genuine in you, it is possible for me to go down in me and come up in you, so that when I look at myself through your eyes, having made that pilgrimage, I see in me what you see in me, and the walls that separate and divide us will disappear, and we will become one, because the sound of the genuine makes the same music. Here, a scripture reading from Genesis 12:1 through 3. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your, hand, your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and will bless you. I'll make you, your name respected, and you will be in blessing. I will bless those who bless you, those who curse you I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. The word of God for God's people. God, we thank you for allowing us to step into this space. Uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. May our words not fall upon deaf ears. May our minds and hearts be open to receive something from you. Allow me to step back so that your word and your spirit may step forward. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. We all say amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor the effects of greatness. 
Tell them greatness should be contagious. This speech given by Denzel Washington at a historical black college a couple years ago has been played over a million times on YouTube. And most mornings when I'm feeling uninspired, I will turn on this very YouTube clip. It inspires me, it gives me motivation, it allows me to open my eyes to see the day ahead so I don't miss opportunities. You know, ways to give back, ways to be inspired or inspire someone. It helps me with my mental preparation because I'm just crazy enough to believe that when you're mentally prepared uh, and it meets a physical opportunity, then that is when greatness can happen. How many will be at your bed is the question that Denzel Washington asked. How many ghosts of opportunity missed will be at your bedside? As we travel this journey again this month of celebrating and remembering uh, black history, black legacy, black icons, and as I listen again to these words from uh, Mr. Denzel Washington, Mr. Michael S. himself, the word greatness kept bubbling up in my mind. The word greatness just kept popping up in my spirit. When I think about black liberation and black freedom in the African-American journey, it seems to be an appropriate word that uh, can, can, can emphasize or focus on the uh, commitments and the, and the moves that have been made by inspired people, once enslaved people. We are reminded this month, as it should always be in the forefront of our minds, the sacrifices that were made so that people of all race and all creed can live with dignity and respect. I am reminded this month that, uh, of the pivotal moments in history when seemingly ordinary people got up the courage enough to do extraordinary things. I'm reminded of that this month. I am reminded of the names of those who, uh, whose greatness uh, fell upon myself and has affected the world. The Martin Luther King Jr.'s, the Coretta Scott King's, the Nelson Mandela's, the Jesse Owens, the Muhammad Ali's, the Rose Parks, the Howard Thurman, the Jose Williams, the Sojourner Truth, John Lewis, Ida Wiles, Hattie McDaniel, Maya Angelou, Harriet Tubman, Michelle Obama, President Barack, Obama, I am reminded of the names this month. Some of who gave their life for change to come about. People who not only inspired black folks, but inspired people across this world. I am reminded of that, of that especially this month. And this week has extra emphasis, if I could say it that way because the world is still mourning the effect and the loss of one that I would consider great in his own right, a hero of mine, Kobe Bryant, his daughter and seven other amazing individuals. But see, Kobe Bryant was an icon to me, a person who personified the very definition of determination, of willpower, of having courage. The effect that he had on a generation taught us how to be prepared for the moments, taught us that hard work does pay off, taught us not to be afraid to accept challenges and 
any other item that may step to our front door. He taught us these words. There's a quote by William Shakespeare that says this, and I'm sure you've heard it before. It said, be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, some have greatness thrust upon them. So this morning we're going to look at another person. Another story, one who greatness was thrusted upon him, one who was willing to see opportunity and grab hold. We're going to look at the effect that it had, the growth that it caused, and the change that it inspired. I want to feed the greatness that is in us this morning. I want to put a microscope on the ideal and the notion to why God's people, Christ followers, why we must be willing to embrace our greatness, be willing to share it, take hold of it, and live into our true possibilities. That is our course this morning. So let's paint the picture. Turn your Bibles or your phone to Genesis 12 and, and, and roll along with me, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And I'll read it again. Then the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your kindred, your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth will be a blessing through you. So the question is this morning, what is it about Abram, soon to be Abraham, that we should admire? Who is he? What is he about? And, and what has he got going on? Me and Nikki was playing with some words yesterday, and we would say that the people on the street would say who that is. What he talking about? Well, one theologian put it this way, Abraham was normal. He was just like you and I. There was nothing heroically noteworthy about Abram that anyone could see on the surface. At this point in the story, we are introduced to him in Genesis 11 and 12, and he is already an old man. He's already up in age, and he is living out his last days. But I must let you, must take note, give you note that um, in our time, he would be living in his last days. He was around the age of 70, um, but his father lived to 200. He had him at 70, so in their time, we could say he was a middle-aged gentleman, all right? Wasn't really at the, on the cusp of his deathbed, I would say. But he had no special gift. He wasn't strong like Samson. He couldn't carry a hammer like Thor. He didn't defeat a thousand like David. He wasn't a general or a sergeant. And as far as we know, he never was a soldier. He wasn't a battle-tested hero of some sort. There was no note of him being an awesome singer or a dancer. He couldn't play the guitar like Jimi Hendrix. Couldn't sing like Marvin Gaye. Couldn't rap like Jay-Z. He was just like you and I. But just like you and I, he was a human full of great potential. 
full of greatness, just like you and I. He was living out his mental days in a small town. So in comparison, he wasn't in Atlanta. He was somewhere like Athens on the outskirts, Jefferson or something. Okay. And seemingly out of the blue, in accordance with God's purpose, God called this ordinary human forth to do something great to do something outside of what he knows, uh, what he sees, or what he is familiar with. The Lord said, Abram, leave your country, your kindred, your father's household, and go to a land that I will show you. So what is the life of Abram telling us this morning? The first note, and I want you to place this in your head, is in order for us to find our greatness through Christ, our greatness through God, we're going to have to go to places and do things that we are unfamiliar with. We're going to have to get uncomfortable. In our pursuit to greatness, in our response to God calling us into our greatness, we're going to have to be uncomfortable, and along that process, we're going to have to make some other folks uncomfortable. I'm almost positive that Martin Luther King Jr. made some people uncomfortable. I'm almost positive that Jesus made some people uncomfortable. And I'm sure at times, even themselves, they were uncomfortable. Abraham left all that he knew. That's uncomfortable. The friends that he hung with, the, the, that he was familiar with, the places that he shopped, the home that he lived, he, he broke his routine. But he was willing, once God called him, he was willing to go outside of his comfort zone to experience a spiritual and physical growth that God wanted him and wanted him to get to. He broke the cycle, changed his routine. I was speaking with my friends this week right after Kobe Bryant passed away. And I was reflecting on you know, just the news media and what was going on. And it popped in my mind. I relate to them as I was conversating with them. I, and, I, I, and I said this. I said, you know what? Sometimes getting into a routine or staying in a routine too long can be a disadvantage. It can become your enemy almost, right? Because once you get into a routine that you're staying in too long, you stop noticing like warning signs, you know? Uh, you seem to place yourself in a box without even realizing it. Oftentimes, in order for us to live this new way of thinking and living, we have to break some routines. Not all of them, but some of them may have you in a box to where you can't reach your full potential. And once you do this, other opportunities will come to life. Other ways of living can be pursued. Different thought processes can be explored. Different routes can be taken. And it may make us uncomfortable, and it may make some other folks uncomfortable, but we're trying to get to our greatness. Sometimes it's outside of your routines. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, let's break some routines. Tell them it may be uncomfortable, though may be uncomfortable. The routine of being in a relationship that you've been in, maybe it's time for you to leave. Your routine of going to the same job and not pursuing others that can really highlight your true ability, being complacent. 
the routine of laziness, the routine of not speaking up when you see injustice, the, in, the, the, the routine of annoying when something is going wrong. Leave your country, God said. Your kindred, your father's household, and go to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Let's focus on two words. God did not say to Abram, leave your country, your kindred, your father's household, go to a land, and that you will, or that someone else will. But God tells Abram that when you leave all that you're familiar with, when you break up your routine, when you change up the cycle, God says, I will. Ah. Look at that. God is saying, I will be the one to make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing to others. And if anyone gets in the way of it, then when God says, I will, God makes it personal. God said, I'll do something about it. I will be the one that will protect you. I will be the one that will guide you and lead you. I am the one that will lead you to your greatness, to your next level in life. So the question is, this morning, who wants God to say, I will? Who wants to be liberated from routines that are detrimental to your growth? Who wants to step out into where the effects of greatness can start transforming your life and jumpstart your growth? But there's one caveat to all of this. Before God can say, I will, we have to say, I'll go. There was a song that I sung as a young man. You already know. It was me when I led the children's choir and my sister and my two cousins, we were Henry and the triplets, whatever you want to call it. But there was a song that I always sung, I always started off with it, it was easy, and it was called I'll Go. Can, can I sing it a little bit? If you know it, back it up, back, back me up, okay? But it went like this. It said, I'll go if I have to go by my, have to go by my, y'all don't know this, I'm going to teach y'all this morning. And it said, I'll go, go, if I have to go, by my, have to go by myself. So I want you to clap. He said, if my mother don't go, if my father don't go, if my sister don't go, or my brother don't go, I'm going on this, I'm going on, if I have to go, by my, have to go by myself. I got a little cold, but I'm keep saying it though. Say, I'll go if I have to go by my, have to go. Y'all got it now. Just follow me now. Hey, and I'll go if I have to go by my, have to go by myself. There we go. Yeah. If my mother don't go, if my father is my sister or my brother. They say, I'm going on if I have to go. I'm going on by my, have to go by myself. I sung this song 
everywhere I went. This was like the start to get everybody up and going. And oftentimes, sometimes, most times in life, we'll have to go by ourselves. I sung this song as a young man, and I was reminded of it this week, that sometimes you may not have the support you need to get to your next level of greatness. It may be your mother, it may be your father, your sister, but sometimes it just you don't have what you need to take that next step. But this song tells, oh, I'll go if I have to go by myself because God is present. Because God said, I will. Not that your mother will or your father will or your best friend will, but God said, I will. And between this, between this um, saying, uh, um, I'll go, and then God saying, I will, there was something in between that that we sung about this morning. In order for us to get to step one, and God saying step two, I will, there's something in the middle. It's something that is called trust. Trust. There's trust in the middle. Abraham had to trust God in order to leave all that he knew, all that he was familiar with, all of his routines and say, you know what, forget it, let's go. There had to be some trust in the middle. Abram said, I'll go. God said, I will. When we have the trust in our heart of hearts that God will never forsake us, that no matter how hard it gets, that we'll step out into a world that may look different or seem different, no matter how hard it is to break that routine, if we trust God, if we depend on God, if we believe that and we put it in our mind and in our spirit, I promise you, your blessing will not fall flat. It will not be in vain, and then and only then will you be able to reach your true destiny. There's a movie that I'm, there's a series that I'm obsessed with. It's called The Messiah. How many of y'all looked at that on Netflix? That's a good show. My brother saw all that. I'm texting him like, bro, you saw that new show? He said, man, I watched all that last week. I'm late to the party. I'm almost finished. But there's a part in there that spoke to me. The Messiah had, you know, did a lot of miracles. He had just walked on water in Washington, D.C. I mean, he had a big name. Everyone knew him. And in the middle of the night, they kidnapped the Messiah, and he was sitting in front of the president. And when he pulled a, you know, the, they pulled the sheet over his head, he looked up, and it was the president. The president said, hello. And they talked. And the Messiah said, you're the reason why I'm here. You're the reason why I'm in Washington, D.C. He was like, what are you talking about? He said, it was destiny. And then the president asked the question. He said, what do you mean? How do you know it's destiny? The Messiah simply said, because you're here and I'm here. And I was like, it's destiny simply because you're here and I'm here at a point in time. And as I looked at the effects of, of greatness and how, it, how it's orchestrated, God is simply saying, if you say, I go, I'll go, and I'm saying, I will, then your destiny is tied with that because we're both present in the moment. You know? I'm here. God is here. I'm going to lead you to your greatness. 
This is your destiny. Abram said, Lord, I'll go. So the question is this morning, another question. To you, are you willing to tell God I will, I'll go? Are you willing to step outside of your box? Are you willing to do things different? Are we willing to get uncomfortable? Leave your country, your kindred, your father's household. Go to a land that God says, I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. All of the families on the earth will be blessed through you. The effects of greatness not only affects just you, but those around you. When you walk into your greatness and people see it, then those folks that see it will be motivated to pursue their path of greatness. That's why people love Kobe, see? It wasn't just basketball. They saw his effort, they saw his uh, effort, and they saw his journey to greatness, and he inspired people to have that mentality of toughness. They call it the black mamba, the closer, the finisher, the one who wasn't afraid of the moment to push on ahead. They saw him reach his goal. I, I grew up with Kobe. By you pursuing your path, the people around you seeing the faith in which you pursue it, they become motivated to seek their own greatness. All because they were looking at how God inspired greatness in your life. See, as I stated before, greatness has to be contagious. Once you catch it, it spreads to those around you. That's how we build a community of greatness. It's not enough in God's kingdom just to have a few people searching for that next level of greatness. The only one saying, I'll go. It has to be contagious. It has to spread amongst the community. Last week, I was babysitting my nephew. This is a great story. This is God, this is God and everything. Inspired this sermon. I was... I was I was babysitting my nephew. He wasn't feeling well. I couldn't tell it. But he wasn't feeling well. He was running around all day. It was my day off. I thought I was going to rest. That didn't plan that way. But one thing that I put on for him was Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. For you young folks, you may not know it. It's going to be reintroduced to you on February 14th. There's a new Sonic the Hedgehog coming out. <laughs> it's not the real deal, but if you go back, and you look at Sonic, the hedgehog, you'll know what I'm talking about. But this little blue furry animal is fast, and that's the one gift that Sonic has. He's faster than everyone, right? So every time the introduction to the, the new show came on, it would end and come on, end and come on, I would see my little nephew run across the floor. I'm like, what are you running for? Every time, and he would only do it during the introduction. You know, he wouldn't do it when Sonic got fast on the show or whatever. But for like two hours, I would just see him just running. 
And I text my family, I said, he thinks he's Sonic. I took a picture and everything. I'm like, look at him. And then I stopped and I asked him, I said, you're Sonic, huh? He was like, no, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and he started, shh, shh, shh. But it dawned on me that in him looking at the greatness that was in Sonic, it inspired him to be the greatness of who he thought he was. See, most folks, if you see someone else's greatness, obviously I'm not six, seven. I can't be Kobe. Can't be Michael Jordan. I can't be anyone tall. But in looking at the greatness of what another individual has, you in some sort can then reinvent yourself to find your own greatness. I'm Spider-Man, uncle. All this time I was thinking he was Sonic. But Sonic inspired him to be who he was in his lane to find his greatness. And for him, that was Spider-Man. So what am I telling you this morning? First and foremost, be encouraged. Because you can find your greatness. Not anyone else's greatness, not anyone else's lane, but your lane. You tell God, I'll go trust in God's everlasting word everlasting love, and I promise you God will say, I will. Not you will, not someone else will, not your mother, your father, your sister, or anyone else, but God is saying, I will. And in your greatness, then others will come, and they will feed off of your spirit and your greatness, and then you'll just have a whole bunch of great friends. Because everyone will be feeding off the same great energy that comes from God. It'll spread to your children. It'll spread to your spouses or your boo thing or whatever you call them. It'll spread to your friends. When God blesses you, it also has to be a blessing for someone else. God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great, man. You're going to be like Michael Jackson. Everybody's going to. But then at the end of that, he said, I'm going to bless all of the families through you. Any blessing you receive falls flat if it does not orchestrate in you and then goes to someone else. It starts with you. It doesn't end with you. And that, my friends, in itself is great. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.